Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mediocre Conversations with Tom and Drew. I'm Tom. And I'm Drew, and this is the only podcast where we'll guarantee the only thing you'll hear is mediocrity. Another solid open for us, Tom. I know. I like I like uh, the differing cadences. Yeah, I try and match your energy as best I can. Yeah. You have a lot of your energy. Yours was a little higher this time. Well, I felt yours was. So I oh well, okay. Yeah. Thought I thought I was lacking, so it's good. You know, you're your worst critic. Remember, right? Yeah. Well, I know. Sometimes I feel like I know you better than you know yourself. So. Yeah. Sometimes that's scarily true. Yeah. So what's up? How's it going? Um, things are great. Uh, turns out that Daisy Ridley's new Star Wars movie uh, starts yeah. filming in April. So it does. She said that she was um, excited about, but had like was surprised by the like idea of the film. Oh shit! So don't know what that means, right? So officially, I I think my guess is that we will go in a completely new direction with her story. I don't think that they will take inspiration from the old extended expanded universe and repackage yeah. it with her in it so i, I'm, I like I'm to anxious. think that the writers were just like you know what if we just go completely off book no one can get mad good yeah okay if they <laughs> if they if they thought that they've never been on the internet so good luck yeah uh, uh anna, anna kendra's got a new movie coming out in january with jake johnson so and that's a that's a pairing that I think is fantastic. Yeah. You're looking forward to that, huh? It's going to be on Hulu, which I don't currently subscribe to. Mm-hmm. So, um, and they refuse to print these movies now in like DVD or Blu-ray. Yeah. Which is just a real well, Best Buy is going to be done selling DVDs and yeah. Blu-rays. Yeah. This at the, like, it's like Valentine's Day or something like that's They're completely done like selling yeah physical media so i don't know where you would even amazon probably right yeah and they've got their own streaming service so why would they sell a competitive competing product you can buy the dvd for 49.99 or you can buy the streaming rights from it from us for nothing i mean you don't own the physical copy it's digital and we can take it away at any time but did you hear what sony did yeah which is funny yeah, because i remember I remember a long time ago, uh, our good buddy, Kevin, mm. when digital was first around, he was like, I ain't buying that shit. You don't own the actual thing if you do that. Right. And um, he was right. Yeah. He predicted Sony <laughs> so far yeah. in the past. Little, little Nostradamus. Profit. Yeah. Okay. I wasted enough time to get to what I was looking for on my phone. There we go. Or I stalled enough. So here's a quote. Here's a, a scene. I saw it on Reddit, um, but it's it's uh, a panel from a Star Wars comic, right? And it's Luke. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't know if it's canon. I hope it's canon. Does that look like canon Luke? Uh, I can't tell just by looking at it. Like I, most of the comics are canon. Okay. So uh, he's talking to Vo. Mm-hmm. You know who that is? So I believe that Vo is one of the students at his Jedi Academy before Kylo Ren destroyed it. Okay. Okay. So this is, it's him talking to Vo and he says, uh, Ben, Ben isn't stronger talking about Benjamin Solo. Solo. Yeah. Kylo Ren. Yeah. That's not how it works. Mm -hmm. Force can be a trickle, a stream, a river, a flood for anyone who can sense it. Think of yourself okay. as a door. The wider you open, the more easily the force flows through you. Some people just start with their door a bit more open, but any door can open wide. So why is the, so my question is that my whole thing and hinges on the, who can sense it? Sure. What counts as a sense as sensing it? So you have the, door. so the, so here's the thing, right? So like, uh, and we you know we've been on this topic now for a couple of weeks but like 
the door is for everybody right the door yeah. is the force right how how much how how open are you to the force you can well, the door is the person right is the it? force is what's flowing okay so then you can work to open your door to a greater degree right allowing more of the force availability to it your your sense of it perhaps yeah but like i guess what i would need in order to buy into this idea even though this is where it is now like mm-hmm. i just say i'm having trouble accepting it is that most people don't have a sense of the force right right so what do we do to get from i don't sense it to i do sense it in the old canon that was you are considered to be force sensitive okay mm-hmm. Fine, let's check your midichlorians, figure out how big your door is, get you trained up, right? Yeah. And I'm happy to eventually come around to this point of view. My, My question is then, if this is the way that it has always been, which is what Dave Filoni has said, which is what George Lucas has come out and said, which is what we're starting to see in like like the comic panels and things that you just gave mm-hmm. us an example of. Why was it portrayed differently for 45 years? Sure. So the Jedi go out and find Force-sensitive children, right? Children who exhibit the, the fact that they can, they're more attuned to the Force than, say, their parents or who, the people that we see in Andor, that kind yeah. of thing, right? Yeah. Um, the people that we talk about, like the Skywalker saga, is the top one percent of the people who are attuned to the Force, right? Yeah, like that's the baseline, you know. And so, like, if you if if the Force works a certain way, and that's what's now being described, but all of the examples are of like something else that give a different impression. I don't know why at this point in the storytelling, Uh you would be like, well, it really works like this. Sure. So I'm not mad about it or anything. I just think that it's interesting that it's like, I, I am wondering how much of Dave, this is Dave Filoni basically saying like, I created Ahsoka Tano. She takes a step forward in rebels. We have Sabine Wren we want Sabine Wren to be a Jedi. I think that like the way that I would have told the story to fit my view of the way that the force worked would be a lot like Sabine is another analog for what happened to Ray. Ray's 19 in the sequel trilogy. There's an awakening. Her force sensitivity kicks off for some reason. Yeah. And okay. Now like what's going on with me? I don't understand what's happening. Ray didn't do anything to promote her ability to open her own door. Right. But all of a sudden the force was like, guess you didn't what? even know she had the door open. Right. Force was like, Hey, guess what? The door's open, pushed it open wide. Yeah. Could have had something like that with Sabine, some kind of moment, some kind of realization, some kind of, I don't know, crucible. Yeah, where she she handles it, but it, to just be like, "Hey, I was your apprentice off camera for ten years or whatever," mm-hmm. and then like, "Hey, move the cup." Into, hey, I'm trying to use the force. I just don't understand it. To, hey, if I don't push Ezra right now, he dies. Okay, we got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Was was not enough. Like, like gently feeding, getting me fed or not fed, but like warming me up to the idea yeah it was kind of like i mean stress is a good catalyst right yeah so like when um the way that i always think about like stress as a catalyst was like the old digimon cartoons do you ever watch those uh just a few yeah so like yeah right you probably memorize them all, but like <laughs> one of the um one of the things is that the uh the youngest little kid in the group had a he, he never like his little his little digimon companion like never did anything like he yeah. was just like he was ineffective in combat and 
but they were just really they were just great friends like they just loved each other sure and uh, at one point like a big bad guy knocks the little boy off of a cliff and like the puffball digimon was like oh no like charlie's gonna die if i don't do some shit right now and like he straight up like evolves into an angel and like flies down and saves him and i was like jesus christ (laughs) talk about some dude going from nothing to something in like a matter of a a blink of an eye yeah so like yeah no like that's certainly been a part of storytelling like there's there's an immediate need no more chances it's got to be right now yeah that kind of stuff happens i i simply wish that we had maybe started had a clue this this process had been like okay guys we're gonna ramp everybody up to the door concept okay so like the way that we're gonna do that is we're gonna start show we're gonna have this comic book that shows ahsoka and sabine's early master and apprentice relationship and shows ahsoka indicating to sabine how this process functions at the basic level yeah and then i could have read that and been like okay cool and then we watch the show and i'm like okay there she got there it was just a yeah, little too abrupt. We kind of we kind of talked about it a little bit how they did some of that stuff. Um but they kind of kept a lot of it for us to just assume happened in the background in Ahsoka. They do love that approach. Yeah. Uh which I guess is fine. It, it I mean the show wasn't called uh Sabine, right? I mean I mean I think an appropriate appropriate title could have been the ahsoka and sabine adventures because like <laughs> if if sabine wasn't character number one she was one a you know? i mean when 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 ahsoka met her after a time and was like hey here's this puzzle don't take it with you and she did that's main <laughs> character energy all the way <laughs> right <laughs> as soon as she was just like all right I, i'm out uh i'm gonna do exactly what you told me not to immediately well, I couldn't possibly study this ball anywhere but my house. Yeah, you don't understand. I have my screwdriver there. Yeah. It's my favorite one. My cat is super helpful at this kind of stuff. I need to be with my cat right now. Which, I mean, I talked about this last time. That is Ezra's old house. Yeah, so on, Loth, on Lothal, which we're being introduced to in the show. Yeah. Ezra lives in this kind of like radar station. Uh, yeah a defunct something doesn't make a lot of sense for it to be their structure yeah it just has made it his own little hideout because and that's where and that's where she lives (laughs) after years because if it's one thing that bureaucrats love it's just leaving shit out there that used to be used and now isn't we're just not going to take care of it. Yeah. Plus, it's not like she knew the people that were running the planet at all. They could have been like, you know, we can get you an apartment basically for free. She wouldn't if have accepted wanna... it because that's where Ezra last was. Pretty much, yeah. There's a lot of hangups there. Yeah. Uh, but I noticed that at the end of the second episode of Rebels, I was like, because he, he goes, he's dropped back off at his house. And then he's like, well, you can stay here if you want. Or you can come with us and learn the ways of the force maybe sometimes. And he was like, oh, that sounds way better than living here on my own as a 14-year-old. Yeah, I think um, in that scene, what always gets me is Kanan is offering Ezra something other than Mm -hmm. what he currently has. Yeah, which is what he said he wanted at the beginning of the series. He was like, no, I'm risking my life because I can't take this life anymore. I need something else. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Kanan's like, how about something else? And he's like, mm, maybe. But I do like so far that each episode is like an exact continuation of the last one. It seems like like they fly off at the end of the episode and then they start the beginning of the next episode with them flying off in that manner. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to stay that way. I'm sure we'll we'll ebb and flow. Yeah. Um, I get a bit of Bad Batch vibes. I'm not sure. Bad Batch came second, yes, from this? This show had completely wrapped by the time that okay, okay. Bad Batch was. So come out. similar in that they're just like, hey, guys, 
we're on our own now, so we need money to live. So we got to take some questionable jobs for some questionable people. But we're going to try and be as lo- as good as we can while being as gray as we can. So I get very Han Solo. Yeah, I get very Han Solo vibes from this mm. type of storytelling. Yeah. So it's like, I'm really a decent person, yet yeah. I have to smuggle drugs and weapons to make my living. But I'm scrappy. You know, I, which I guess, you know, makes sense when it appears that everyone that we see is here's what I want. I want to see the middle class now. OK, you showed me the upper class. You've only showed us the rebels or the low or, or lower class right out on the fringes of the law, as it is stated for most people. Right. Mm-hmm. Give me that middle class. Give me that person that's just like, eh, got to go back to my call center job. You know, these uh Technology, these 8-bit technologies aren't going to support themselves, you know? I got to say, I have had, of all the people I've ever talked to about Star Wars, you have the most specific wants. Everyone else gets what they want. Listen, dude, we've talked about the elite and the rich. We've talked about the destitute and the poor. Now, can I please just get some dude that's living check to check? Can I just get that? Right, but not like, not like a spice smuggler or a spice dealer or or I don't want I don't want the underground I don't want the underbelly. He's got direct deposit. Yeah. Okay. He's got two point five kids. Like he's able to save a hundred credits a month, so he's got a he's just you know, if his water heater breaks, he's gonna have a rough summer. That's a real thing. You know, I know it is. My I just had to fix mine, but like or. Or if his heater fit, if his heater breaks and it's and it's cold season, you know, it has been cold. <laughs> I want to see how they get by, right? Someone well, trying to someone trying to start their own their own uh, uh, market business or something, you know. Show yeah. me those people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm right. I can't wait to see it. I Andor's I pretty think, close, right? Yeah, it's real close. I mean, those, yeah. We see uh, a I little bit, but they work would... for the empire, and well, I don't. I don't want to see the empire's middle class, right? I don't want to see the machine. We saw both sides, right? We saw the indentured. No, they're not indent- the servants. The the prisoner slaves making the the Death Star frame, right? That's what they were. That's what they were working on the whole time. Yep. And then we saw the bureaucrat guy who got who lost his white collar job and had to go to lower white collar right where he looked at cubes all day and uh switched out cubes yeah so that's pretty close i'd say that's pretty close but he was still in the big machine i need to see somebody else i need to see someone working for working for the bank i want to see i want to see the the bank teller or something give me that we might might get a little bit of we might get a little bit of it in rebels a little bit Good, good. Uh, so this episode here, uh, it's it's our uh, um, it's uh, the the uh, galaxy's favorite duo yeah. make an appearance. C threeps and R twos, you know. Yep, that's how they. That's their uh, when they're <laughs> together. That's how they're we reference them. C yeah. threeps and R twos, <laughs> snips and. Sky guy and R2E. Yeah, all they're all here. The gang is all here. Yeah. So so this one it's always interesting when uh TV shows and cartoons um casually mention and then downplay genocide. So I've thought about this. How how are you supposed to introduce the concept of genocide to kids? huh yeah i mean everybody's gotta learn about genocide at some point right you have to i mean it's just a powder it's just a part of life yeah it happens unfortunately the entire time we've been you know living up on this ball so i think star wars does a tiny service to future understanding because it's something like when those kids, let's just say you're what, eight or nine years old and you're watching Rebels. Yeah. And you talk about 
genocide here, which was uh, what you're referencing is for, with Zeb's people, right? Yeah. The Lasat. Yeah. They're white. They're basically wiped out, displaced by the empire. <clears throat> the story never gets, you know, just, we're going to put that record on repeat. So, yeah. so when they get to be ninth, 10th grade and you start to let, you start to learn about the world war two and you start to learn about like the Khmer Rouge and like death marches and yeah. what happened to native Americans here, you know, in our country, like, wow, not if, not if some people have their way, we won't be learning about that. America well, never did anything wrong. DeSantis can do whatever he wants in Florida, I guess, but like, and there's 49 other States. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> right, right. They'll get to class and be like, Oh, wait, oh, wait a second. This is like what happened in star Wars. That's when they're going to be like, Oh, Oh, Oh my God. So you're providing, let's call it pre-context. <laughs> a nice little primer. Yeah. Uh, and the one, the one dude, the empire guy, who's the main bad guy in this episode, he was a real piece of shit. Yeah. So this is agent Callus. Um, we're going to need to pay a lot of attention to this guy because he goes on a journey. Oh, and he is responsible in a large way for the, dis- the final destruction of Zeb's people. And so Zeb is right. Very clearly not thinking straight. Well, it's, it's an interesting episode with him, right? So they get a job from a dude who's not empire to steal yeah. these weapons, right? Yep. They come up with a scheme to do it. It's a brilliant scheme. And then they, they learn that they are a certain type of, blaster weapon that basically just disintegrates matter or yeah, short circuits electricity those are the yeah. two things that it does it's real good at, organic at matter it disintegrates organic matter or yeah never shot a person with it on the cartoon which is a big bummer because i was interested in seeing what that would look like but i get it all right okay children's tv show that is very much so um <clears throat> But Zeb's like, hey, what if we just destroyed every single one of these fucking things? And then he was kind of moody. And then, of course, our our main hero, Ezra, was all like, hey, why is he being a little bitch? And then uh, what's her name had to be like, hey, you know about this race of people that was like all but wiped out. Well, it was his people. And it was that gun that did it. Learn a little um, empathy. So before the podcast today, I was at a, a mutual friend of ours house and he's got a preteen. Yeah. And so I, I hadn't seen her in a while and she came around the corner and she's super tall, like getting close to six <laughs> feet tall. Yeah, She's going to be so tall. And I said, wow, you have really grown. And she walked past me like I was a part of the wall. Hell yeah. <laughs> Didn't comment or even acknowledge that I existed. Just you know, the wave of angst that just yeah. was visible behind her, right? It roiled. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes kids don't understand tact. No, no. They don't understand. They're too young. They don't, they don't have any experience with it. Yeah. And it's one of those things. The world revolves around them, huh? Yeah, basically. I mean, like, and we need that in order to like ensure our own survival. Sure. That kind of shit or whatever. And that's a part of it. But like, whether it's Ezra being like, oh, hey, did your people get wiped out or some shit? (laughs) Or this, this little pre-tween or whatever being like, oh, hey, what's up, non-human? Like, and, I mean, I've known her her whole life. Yeah, like, right? Just walked right by me like I was fucking <laughs> nothing. I thought about saying something and I was just like, nah, I'm just gonna no, no, it. that'll just make it worse. Yeah. <laughs> so it took me 41 years to learn that lesson. Though. Yeah. So, in time. You learned it in time. It, though. It's some lessons are harder than others. But, yeah. But that's just it. Like Ezra, this kid, yeah. they don't have yeah. any tact yet. They don't have any. They don't understand the gravity of real world situations yeah 
at how terrible stuff can be because they've never had to consider things other right. than themselves. Right. And uh, it's funny, a couple of times uh, in the episode, like they get there, they're on the mission. Like Ezra's doing a thing, he's crawling through some vents. And like he chooses this time to be like, hey, I thought we were going to learn some Jedi shit. What the fuck are we doing? Right. Like, mm-hmm. just like, hey, I have some grievances that I would like to air out in this moment because I have nothing else to do besides concentrate on not dying and getting to the right spot. So I found that this time is the appropriate time to be uh, letting you know what I'm upset about. Yeah. Well, he's a he's a child. Right. Yeah. And then uh, he opens the he opens he has to go to a certain bay because that's where the weapons are. He opens it and there's Sabine and Zeb. And he's like, was there ever any doubt guys? All cocky and shit. And they're both just like immediately like, yes, yes, there was all the doubt. Okay. Now let's go. <laughs> and he's just like, Oh, what? It's so good. Do you remember, do you remember walking through life and just in some specific instance or whatever, just being like, guys, the world owes me. Okay. And then someone else comes along and they're just like, uh, no, it don't. And it just blew you away. Uh, well, at this point, the only thing I remember is that I still feel that way. I'm constantly reminded that I'm not owed anything. And then just get like, <laughs> I just want to go eat a peanut butter sandwich and curl up like, you know, with a blanket or something. Yeah. Yeah. I've uh I've been at my job for almost 14 years I think. And uh there's definitely one time where I I was like, "You know what, Tom? You deserve this." And so I went to my boss and I was like, "Hey, I deserve this for all these reasons." And then um she just went through each one and explained why those didn't matter the way that I thought that they mattered. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, "Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I was making a lot of sense." This is making a lot of sense. These are things I didn't consider when I was thinking about me. <laughs> I mean, like. It's good to have every once in a while. Yeah. A little reality check. I've always, yeah. I've always, I mean, I, I had a discussion with my boss this year about like, you know, is this job going to support me financially? Deep yeah. Into my future. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a talk or whatever. And I was like, you know, I was like, listen, I, I don't expect it like you just to give me more money for what I'm doing now. Like, give me right. more responsibility. I'll 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 take up I'll yeah, pick yeah. up some slack to make to make I don't I want something make. for nothing, but I want right. more of it. <laughs> and he was like, and that's we really appreciate that. There's just no yeah. slack for you to pick up right now, you know? And I'm like, if I can't solve some additional problem for them, yeah, there's no reason for them to compensate me more for what I'm currently right. doing. Right which sucks because <laughs> I would love it. That's so. the less good type of humbling. Right. <clears throat> and it was, I found I don't enjoy being humbled. Um, I, I like it logically. I don't like the way it feels. I don't like it either way. Okay. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I, uh, I don't, you know, like some people I've, I've heard, like they've shared stories, like mm-hmm. that I asked management for this and I was like, the fuck you did, <laughs> you know? And it's just like, Oh, can, are you going to allow me to sell Coke through the like, you know, McDonald's yeah. vending, like, <laughs> drive through window or whatever? I bet I can make us the most popular franchise in the planet. We will have people literally nonstop <laughs> all day cheeseburgers and coke i tell i'm telling you that's where it is but like i've lost where i was going with this but like i don't feel like i was asking that much you know we, just we like, overshadowed it by a brand new business yeah. model oh god coke burgers <laughs> just works so <clears throat> so uh what, what's the green lady's name i'm so sorry hera hera Sindula. there it yes. is she seems to be sort of um I don't I don't want to say motherly, maybe maybe motherly cuz she's the well, one that humbles Ezra about Zeb cuz Zeb's like they share a room, they share a bunk and Zeb's like get the fuck out, kid, 
in as in a Disney way. And that's when Ezra's all, that's my room too, fucker. And then Sindula is all, well, here's the thing about genocide and feelings. But then he was also upset that Kanan wasn't uh, training him or whatnot. And then like the next scene, they're out there and, and Sindula is like, hey, we got something to talk about, Kanan. And he's like, uh, later? And he's like, yeah, but we're going to talk about it. Well, I think the reason that you're getting those kind of vibes is because they're definitively putting them in there. Yeah, right. So um, she's very clearly like, she's the pilot. It's her ship, right? Like the whole thing doesn't yeah. move unless she she moves it, right? Yeah. And like, I think anybody that's ever been in a relationship has been like, someone when they put their foot down, that's the way shit goes. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's also funny think... that like you got Jedi and space pilot and they're both just, and she's just like, Hey Jedi, this, this is happening. Okay. We're going to have this discussion and you're not getting out of it. Right. So like, this is the element they're that just I think like that, us. That, right. So this is the element that I think that has been absent from these stories from a long time is it's that jedi are held up as like virtual demigods in most yeah. situations yeah yet i think the under the denominator that's been missed is that first and foremost they're people yeah and like so often we when we talk about these characters we approach it as through the lens of like why they're special mm-hmm. and i think it would be a very different you know perception if we approach it from yeah you're just a person that can do stuff you know yeah. like stuff that i can't do yeah like you're a celebrity right so like i, I have still a, need a, you to put down the toilet seat when you're done okay right so like i have an unending crush on anna kendrick right so like i put her on a pedestal like she can basically she's angelic yeah and if like i saw like anna kendrick like eating nachos i'd be like oh my god i eat nachos yeah (laughs) and it's almost like there could never be any kind of overlap on a venn diagram right but what you really but we really never like do with celebrities like in our world is like they're like us more so than they're probably different yeah but we don't for sure we don't look at them like that and we don't look at jedi like that right so like when we get when we get it it's a stark reminder would you like us to or do you want to keep them separated (sighs) I think it would be better that with things like Ray's new movie, Luke's new Academy that was destroyed. Um, and like the new era, the non Jedi order era of Jedi that we approach them as people first. Interesting. And not, not force users, not you're the problem solver that the only person that can do this for us. Oh, you're you know, the like, highest ranking room or a person in whatever room you're in right like yeah i think just because of your skills or your powers like you're de facto special therefore we just shut up and do whatever you say yeah i think that humanizing them i think for this era of storytelling would be a direction that i would be very happy about yeah um so We we learn that uh R2 and uh and three and C threeps they are uh there with the Empire to help translate to get mm-hmm. these weapons to somebody else, right? They were going to try and steal these weapons before they got stolen by Kanan, Jarrus, and his uh band of misfits, Spectres. Yep, that's their call, if signs. you will. Yeah, because they're Ghost. ghost yeah so we what we have here are two competing rebel groups unbeknownst to one another after yeah. the same prize which i i always think that's kind of fun yeah so um and leave it to r2 to be the one that figures it out and then it's r2 like, is the is main cool. character is the reason everybody is alive r2d2 might just be the connective tissue i wouldn't surprise me if we learn at some point that there always has been r2d2 yeah and like whether it was like the primordial soup or like 
when we've all evolved into like bodiless energy or whatever. Yeah. He's just there <laughs> shepherding everybody around. Uh now we learn in an episode one of the few episodes of <clears throat> Clone Wars that protocol after a mission is to wipe your battle droid. Mm-hmm. And Anakin, who had R2, never does. Never did it. Which was a problem once he got stolen. Yes, it became like, oh, well, now anybody. It's just an R2 unit, no big deal. It's like, well, here's the thing. I I downloaded everything onto him. So now they have everything. So sorry. So that makes him like the smartest droid ever, I guess. And like Huyang had what, about hundreds of thousands of years of data? A lot of them. Yeah somehow one of the most advanced yet oldest droids that we've come in because c3po has to be pissed seeing you yang uh run around just all limber and shit not just like meet 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 just like you're older than me but why did i get this shit then still has a silver leg from the movie which is always a nice touch yeah um they did wipe c3po at the end of the prequel trilogy but not R2, right? Not R2, though. R2, yeah. you can't touch R2. No, it's because he's got rocket boosters on his feet. Yep. Uh, yeah, so Zeb wants to destroy it. Um, Kanan still wants to sell it, which is interesting to me. Because they don't know who it's going to. They are told it's not Empire, but they don't trust the dude that they're dealing with. Yeah, I guess what you just need money, right? The guy they're dealing with is Bizago. He's uh, he's out for himself, like, and right. that's very obvious. But like most like, fences, yes, Kanan Kanan has a point. Like dealers, you know, you can't get out and push the ship from planet to planet. You know, you need to buy fuel and food and everything that keeps them going. And so, like, what we don't know, there was a book that was the prequel to rebels and it shows it showed how Kanan and Hera got together and oh. like teamed up you know and so like i think where Kanan is coming from early on in rebels is we're kind of like where mal is from firefly we're just trying to get from a to b i just want to get this job done so we can get to the next a to b that's my entire life I, and I, I think guess that's where Kanan is right now. I would expect Kanan then to be like, well, we can't do it this way. There has to be a better way than selling these guns to who, these types of guns, especially or weapons to who knows who. Right. I would think. Um, I, I think what I think a better way to look at it right now is that he's less of a Jedi per se than sure. A survivor yeah i mean remember when last when we saw the bad batch open up he's 13 or whatever he not he's not 13 anymore that's true it's been like 10 years ish yeah i mean and like when you're when you're a kid more then you become an adult and like that's what that's what you go through yeah like you know he's a lot more like ezra right now than he is like he was at the temple sure so i think that there's a lot of the like the nuts and bolts of like living in this galaxy. We got to take care of that stuff. Like we don't maybe have the ability to be like, we can just make moral choices all the time. (laughs) That's true. And I mean, what we know from the movies is they're real lax with some of those moral choices on both sides. Yeah. Um, Right. So then R2 is like, well, okay, let's just destroy them all then because someone brings some adats. So these are kind of like the prequel to like the ATSTs that you see on like Hoth and like Endor. Yeah. 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 They're they're basically like some version of an Imperial Walker. Yeah. They're there for like crowd control and to look scary. Well, they do a good job. Yeah. Uh so I mean they end up they end up destroying them all because R2 is like, hey, here's a good way to do that. I love how everyone can understand them too. It's great. I'm uh I'm glad that they never changed that. 
Beep boop beep. Oh, yeah. interesting point. I've never uh, considered that yes. before. You're so wise. Uh, and then the bad guy, whatever his name is, the main bad guy, guy. Callous. Agent Callous. He's very callous, if anything, for sure. I mean, sometimes the name. names are right on the nose. Apt. Yeah. So he's carrying around this uh, camera, what they called it. It's a weapon. Some sort of weapon. It's a melee weapon and a gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bow gun or something. I don't know. Bow staff, something like that. Yeah. And, which Zeb has one of as well. Different colors. Thank you. So we know who's fighting. Who? And yeah, uh, his, his, he is jury rigged. Remember those um, general grievous guards? Yeah. So he's taken their staffs and like put two of them together and like taped it up to make it effectively work like those staffs. Yeah. 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 It's pretty cool. And he comes up to him and he's like, uh, those are only reserved for my people. And he's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. While he's laughing maniacally, I took it off of one of the ones that I killed. By the way, I'm the reason all of your people are dead. Just an FYI. Which it's is a, just great. It's a real thing to drop, you know, on somebody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, you think that Callus uh, is about to kill Zeb and then uh, Ezra gives him the old push. Which... I don't know how you don't because he's he's a kid. He's afraid. He just instinctually tries to push the guy. I don't know how you don't just push his skin through the rock that he pushed him into. Like I just imagine like X X-Men movies kind of did it well where you're just like freaking out, you don't know how to use your power. It's sort of yeah. like Ray trying to hold on to that ship and then force lightning it into explosion right? right like you just freak out i don't know how he didn't just push his whole body and just mash it into that rock other than it's a cartoon right like if we let the people that did the boys write a star wars oh episode God, <laughs> <damn>. <laughs> there's a combo just give them one episode give them like a one-off i remember the first so like they certainly start you off pretty hard on the boys. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing for me with the boys that I, I was kind of like, okay, this is a, this is across the line, is when, like, the speedster guy, I think his name's A-Train, yeah. like, goes and gets a bunch of, like, syringes of drugs and sticks them in his girlfriend. Yeah. Like, six syringes of drugs, like, makes it look like she OD'd, and I was like, okay. I've never thought about using your powers like that before. That's gross. <laughs> yeah. And I know we're going to tangent a little bit here. Homelander is like the most disgusting example of For what sure. a, a superhero could be. But you got to imagine like that would exist. That's the scary, disgusting right? part about it. Right. <laughs> he, he sounds like a real person. Like, oh, yeah, definitely the wrong person could get powers. Yeah. right like only only in the comic books for children and or optimistic adults are the bad guys and the good guys clearly delineated yeah, yeah it's mean, he's, it's awful he's, but you're just sort of like yeah gross. yeah i get that i get that anyway star wars yeah <laughs> so I guess I get them not just killing that guy, but I also don't get them not just killing that guy. Well, I mean, like they push a bunch of exploding rifles. Yeah. To the base of the Walker one, they... one crate for the Walker one crate for the, for the mechanical thing that is filled with two people max. Mm -hmm. And then they shoved two crates at the five troopers. Yeah, all sure right there right yeah. and like so this is this goes back to that kind of like texas chainsaw massacre violence where it's all implied yeah. you know and it's like oh the horrible machines that blew up and like create this huge explosion they just knock all the stormtroopers down right and when you're a stormtrooper and you get knocked down you're out of the fight that's it you're not a threat that's it but like i'm thinking like I don't think that dude has any bones left in his body. It's this, the suit is just holding in the mush. 
just exactly what would happen to Iron Man the first yeah. time he crashed into a wall. It yeah. just opens up and and Kool Aid spills out, chunky yeah. soup just just. This is not the worst thing you've ever caught me doing. Okay. <laughs> I would love to see an infirmary report from a, a sick bay of uh, stormtroopers. Also, if someone from the boys wrote it, the stormtroopers would fucking hit their target. Right. I know it's a meme that they're terrible at shooting, but like, I wish they weren't this bad all the time. I mean, go back to the first, the first instance that we have ever been introduced to stormtroopers was when uh, they slaughtered the Jawas in episode four on Tatooine. And like, they shoot up the Jawa sand crawler and, obi-wan's talking to luke and he was like and look at these blast points too exact for random uh sand people only imperial stormtroopers are so precise and then they never hit anything and they go on to miss forever they hit the blood the broad side of a sand crawler and then nothing else in the rest of star wars history (laughs) oh man i mean literally you're just putting dudes in suits and handing them a gun and that's the that's the imperial army yeah and then so at the end then we see who c3 c3 and r2 is working for yeah senator organa bail organa father to leia rescuer of jedi did he know that she was force sensitive in this canon um i think that he, he has to I just don't. Yeah, he knows who her father is. That's fair. So and brother, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with yes. <laughs> but like, very, and I think smartly, never tells her, encourages her to develop it because it'd be like, wait a second, you adapted this bitch, right? And now she's moving shit with her mind, and like yeah. little lightning bolts are coming out of her fingers. <laughs> So, uh, what's that about bail? You know, <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's just the water, you know, we have we have her on a special diet, yeah. Alderon be like that. So, yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, of all the things that we have received since Lucas sold to Disney, the, the thing that I had expected the least that I was most genuinely happy and positively surprised by, yeah. Is Leia is little Leia's portrayal in the Kodobi show? Right, and then yeah, it's that really I good. Was, I am. I was just so happy about that, <laughs> and completely, completely didn't know that I, you know, one of those things was like oh, I never knew that I always needed this. Right. <laughs> so I like the Star Wars does this where people from the world pop mm-hmm. in every now and again and you're just yeah. like that's right just checking in letting you like, remind, reminding you that they're a part of this and that they're also doing things and i think that's one of the things that i like about star wars which is also why i'm like what's what's uh middle class jim doing what's it what's he what's his day like because they do a good job of I don't know how many shows they have now, how many hours of shows they have, and they make it feel like the, all of the world is still running and still doing things, even though they're not there or they're not the main focus. Right. It's like, Hey, you remember this guy from the movie? Yeah. Over here, he stubbed his toe. Anyway, that's what he was doing that day. So, you know, it's just sort of <clears throat> the whole universe is like, a, a is, is well done. And it's like a whole living organism thing. That's just constantly going. And they they allow you to feel that way, yeah. Yeah, it's good uh, to say it. yeah. Thank you. So, you know, pretty standard episode. They always like to do that. They always like to get the droids together. They like to get C three and R two. Because uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna stop it. All right. <laughs> you can mouth stop it all you want, Drew. Uh. Cause they even have like their own episodes. They get into some shenanigans in like clone wars and stuff. Right. 
they go they go a little bit harder on the uh the old star wars droid adventures in yeah. rebels than i would prefer but that's sure. what always tells me like you got to give them one every true, eight season it's, uh, right? it's for kids it's not yeah. for you i get i get my stuff later so now does does like uh in in clone wars or, or whatnot um trying to think how old are luke how like how old's leia during this time okay so leia was born at the end of the clone wars this is during the rebellion and we're only i think we're two years from the end of the rebellion i think this is like two bby okay or maybe like four bby so she'd be 14 or 15, I think, at this point. Okay, so she's still she's still out and about. Han Solo yeah. is probably just some nuisance well, in the bottom of in the underbelly of Coruscant, closer to the surface. I think at this point he's working for Jabba. Um, yeah. So Crawling through vents of his own. Yeah, basically. Yeah, he's probably, he's probably like 20-something. 30 significant closer to 30s. I, right? I believe that he's significantly older than Leia, but Han's always liked him. Right. Cause she, if she's 14, he's, we'll say he's just like 20. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Star, Star Wars has never shied away from a good age discrepancy. Yeah. Got and it's a 70s. weird, it's always weird too. It's, it's always the, the girl that's older than the boy, which yeah. kind of flies in the face What's of up, like George. What's up with that? Yeah. Who's he married to? Uh he's been married a couple times, I believe. Okay. People like to do that write stories how they Yeah, about like, oh, this is my my situation. Yeah. Gonna you creepo Woody Allen. Anyway. <clears throat> uh so we got we got a we got an electronic mail. Yeah. Look at. From Master Winkle, none other than. No way. Way. Uh, it's a good. He has. A, he brings a good question about how big of a difference is it from I know that it's possible compared to I know I can do it. So I have usually by the time we read these responses on air, I've yeah. responded personally to yeah. Winks. I think there's a really big difference. Like, I I think that people are skeptical of what they can accomplish until they have an example of them doing that exact thing. Sure. And so, to use this example for the you know sixth or seventh time, Luke tries to get the X wing out of the swamp. He can't yeah, right? do it. He doesn't yeah. think that he can do it. He's he doesn't think it can that- be done. Right. He's shown that it's possible. Yeah. Then in kind of a nod to that, that moment years later in the sequel trilogy as a force ghost, he hauls his X-Wing out of the water on Octo so that Ray can get to Exegol on it. Yeah. You know, so like basically like lesson learned, you know, and that's, I mean, that's the crux of what Jedi are supposed to do is which is to pass on what you have learned. However, whomever's receiving that education still has to go out and say, okay, you're telling me that you can do this. So like, I guess my thing was when I was a kid, I would, we we always had horses, therefore you had to feed them. So what do horses eat? They eat hay. Mm -hmm. So we have to stack hay in our barn. And so I'm, I don't know, 11 or 12 years old. And my dad is like, you're going to help me stack hay this, this year. And I'm like, okay, sure. Some of those bales can get, you know, 40, yeah. 50 pounds. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I wasn't as ripped as I am now. <laughs> no. So dad says, I need you to get this bale up on like the second level, you know, knee high level of the yeah. stack. And I'm like, there's no way I can do it. And so like, I literally struggled with that thing. And I was like trying to get leverage under it and trying to get my knees up under it. And I couldn't just lift it. 
Yeah. And I would, it was just, it was embarrassing. And I remember like getting so worked up that I was just like, this is embarrassing. I'm failing at this. Why are you making me do this? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to do this. Help me out. Let's get this over with. I want this experience to end. And he wouldn't help me. And yeah. it was just like, and I fought with that thing. And I remember he would come, he would haul a bale up and then um, stack it next to the, where I was supposed to be putting mine. And then he would come and do another one and then another one. And on like the fourth trip, I finally had wiggled that motherfucker up into its position. Hell yeah. And I was like, and I was like upset and red in the face and tired and, you know, or whatever. And he was like, and he just chucked me on the shoulder and he was like, there, you can do it. Go get another one, you know? And like, you know, you struggle and you struggle and you struggle. And then it's like, okay, I've done two. I've done three. Okay. You know, and then next year it's a little bit easier and you can pick up the heavier ones and that kind of stuff. And like, I imagine there's shit like this that Sabine and Luke and Ezra's going to have to go through where it's like, you're telling me to do it. I don't understand how I've never done this before. Why should I think that I'm going to be successful? Yeah. Oh, because you have faith in me. And that's, that's all that it can take. If people, if we weren't pushed to achieve, we never would. Sure. Definitely. So now, now in this, in your story. Yeah. How do you think you would have approached it if right from the get-go you were just like, regardless of any any other changing, if you were if your brain, if you were just like, fuck yeah, one way or another, I'm getting that bail where it's supposed to go. There are a lot of people like that. Yeah. There are a lot of people that are just like with no expectation that I've ever that I've ever tried to do this before. Yeah. I am going to be successful. That's great. That's not who I am. Okay. So my, the way that I have always approached new things has been with a lot of trepidation. Like Mm -hmm. I would like you to show me how to do this so that I can copy the shit that you do. Yeah. So my dad was like, okay. And then just pick the thing up. (laughs) No dad, pretend you're 11. Okay. And I'm like, I can't replicate that. I'm not, I'm not a strong dad strength is something else too. Yep. It really is. <laughs> so I, you know, and like there is a there is a method of teaching that's like, here you go, deep end, figure that shit out, right? Yeah. 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 And so my dad's way of teaching me was, you know, you know, and like since then I've learned that like, okay, you get it, get it up on your hip, twist your hip, kind of throw it, use yeah. your leg, you know, that kind of stuff. But like I learned that, that was possible because I couldn't physically just lift it up. I had to learn about leverage and, you mm-hmm. know, just doing it in stages. And like, you don't have to do it all at once. Like you see the other person doing. Yeah. There's other ways to go about accomplishing that. But like, when it comes to approaching something like that, like your mindset matters. Yeah. You know? And so like irrationally confident people have a lot of success because they're number one, willing to try, you yeah. know? And so like, Luke was at least willing to try, but like never really thought that it was achievable. Mm -hmm. And so like, that was the result that he manifested was that I'm going to try and lift this exceedingly heavy bale of hay. And Oh, look, I couldn't do it. What a shocker. Yeah. That's exactly what I expected would happen. Right. Like I, he didn't find a way to make it get it out of the swamp or yeah, 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 yeah. Are these completely comparable things? No. But like, yeah, I bet I bet Luke never had to lift a fucking bale of hay. No. You, you bitch. Not on Tatooine. No. So <clears throat> no hay there. We don't know what their gravity was like either. Sand. Could have been so, way more. Uh, yeah. Gets everywhere. We don't know. Yeah. But he he gave up. You know, yeah. like the difference between I knew I couldn't do it and I can't do it. Why would I try? Right. Right. And my, my dad was like, Nope, keep going. We're not going to stop until you do this. Yeah. You know, I love that. Like, you know, like it was the same thing. Like if I didn't eat something at the dinner table, like, sure. Let's say I I never used to like, um, Brussels sprouts. Sure. Now I do. But like, my dad was like, you can eat those hot or you can eat those cold, but you're eating them before you leave. 
the dinner table because you can't just eat the things that you like. You have to eat the, the stuff that's good for you too. And so I was like, and so I would do this typical kid think about myself well, well, bullshit. I'm gonna wait you out then, I'll old man. You you never outweigh <laughs> one of us is gonna cave, and I bet it's gonna be you. My dad sat at a lot of dinner tables after we were done eating for that exact reason. Your dad strikes me as somebody who is quietly going to overpower you with his will if he wants to. My dad could be a whole different person if he wasn't as selfless as he is. Sure. But he's he's really he's really selfless. Yeah. And I mean it has a uh, benefit of being for your good to an extent, right? It's just like yeah. there's a lesson that I want learned here today mm-hmm. and you're going to learn it whether you want to or not. <laughs> you know, I think about like because I, I look back for a long time. I looked back on like sitting at those dinner tables is like that. That fucking sucked. Yeah. That he made me do that. Yeah. Yeah. And now I think like, hey, he didn't hit me. I had yeah. to sit there and eat cold Brussels sprouts. I'd rather do that than get hit. So like two different Usually. methods of teaching, you know. But I I ate every fucking Brussels sprout. Because I was like, I'm done with this. And like, I remember eating the first one and it was like this sucks. This is cold and terrible. And that's exactly what I thought it was. And I have to do this like six times. Seems like a too big of a hill. And then like the next time that I did it, my dad was like, you can eat them hot or you can eat them. And I just started eating them. (laughs) Cause it's the lesser of two evils. And then the next time it was just, I just ate them because I didn't want to fucking sit there. Plus you're going to eat them anyway. Right. And like, it's it's a good lesson to learn. I mean, I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to go about that type of thing. But like, there there are definitely things that I yeah 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 right. Uh, there are definitely things that I don't want to do, and then I just tell myself, look, I have to do that anyway. It has to get done. I can either wait and stress about and think about how much I don't want to do it for the next day and a half, or I could just fucking do it, right. and then I won't have to worry about it. Now sometimes that still doesn't win because I am a human being, but. Uh, when it does, it's just like, oh, good. Now that's done. It wasn't as bad as I thought. And now I don't have to worry or think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. So I feel like the best, one of the best um, teachings for Jedi are to put in their trust in something else, believing that there's something else bigger than themselves at work and just trying to work with that. And getting out of your own headspace, getting out of your own way and telling yourself what is or what isn't because through the force, all things are possible. So he's mulling it over everybody. The biggest problem with the unknown and no, and like, whether or not you can accomplish something that you don't know if you can accomplish Mm -hmm. is like the will to attempt it. Right. Is sure. Is willing willingness to be wrong in order to gain more understanding so that you can eventually be correct. And I think, I think the main thing is there is no correct. There just is what there is. Right. No, I think that there's, there's a correctness to, to, to something i mean like i guess we should talk about like what the the distinction between what you just said and like my opinion because i don't think that there's anything right or wrong about the attempt but maybe like, that's what i mean right like there is no there's no wrongness i guess or i don't know or rightness to like trying right so well, let me push back slightly on that. So, like, I would say the failure is to not try. Yes. Because if you don't try and you don't take anything away from the failure, you're not making any progress. You're not gaining any knowledge. Well, there is no try. That's why I use the term attempt. So, I mean, like, I mean, which is that a synonym? <laughs> Pretty much. So, like, what what Yoda's trying to say in that in that saying is that like, do or do not, there is no try. Like, he's basically saying like, just go and be successful at it. Yeah. Don't 
allow doubt to creep into your effort. Yeah. But Luke still has to get up at the edge of the swamp and put forth effort. So like there is an attempt by Luke to be successful and Yoda saying during your attempt, don't allow doubt. Right. To enter into the equation. Just go, you can do this. I know that you can do this. You need to feel that you can do this as well. There's no, there's no try. Just go and be successful. You can do this. I know that you can understand that, believe that. Yeah. But like he did attempt it. He did fail at it. He tried and was unsuccessful. But that's because he didn't take the lesson to heart. So he failed. He learned from it eventually. And now, and then he was able to eventually take that lesson to heart and then be able to do what Yoda was trying to teach him. So do or do not is there, there is no try. Yeah. But what that really should be is you, you 100% can accomplish this. You have to believe that you can. Then regardless of what it is. Yes. Regardless of what it is. That's a different, that's a different thing altogether than actually doing it. Right. It's basically a different way of saying, believe in yourself. Believe that you can be successful. Visualize your success. Manifest that success into reality. Not whether or not you actually physically are actually trying. I hope it's possible. Right. I hope, I hope I can do this. I hope it's just a matter of doing it. Right. It's a matter of doing it, right? So, like, Luke did not. The failure then would be to not learn from that. Sure. You know, and so they have a conversation about that. But, like, that doesn't mean that Luke's never going to try to get the X-Wing out of the swamp again or something similar, you know. Or just have a doubt. I don't know. <laughs> if, if I lifted a if I lifted a, a spaceship out of a bog with my brain or whatever they use, I would pretty much feel like I could do anything I ever wanted ever again. Right. Until I was humbled. Well, so that's just it. Right. So like you have to temper that confidence with wisdom so that you don't become arrogant. Cause arrogance is, is the, is the, is the bad one. Right. So like, because if you become arrogant, you set yourself apart from others, right? You place yourself above others. And it's that, it's that change in viewpoint that leads to, I'm better. You should be, you are lesser. I'm in charge. I should be in charge of you because you are lesser. Sure. So like, I think the thing that Star Wars tries to i don't want to say teach us but tries to provide examples about are it's very subtle shifts in how you view things that start you down different trains of thought right and the challenge is to maintain a consistent train of thought that keeps you humble that keeps you learning about something for the betterment of learning about like self-improvement basically everything takes just a little spark right from the rebellion to following the wrong path yes sure very poetic i was just using star wars vernacular good and you did it well good all right we did it yeah you guys are all welcome From Talking about humility and humbleness. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Figured that was a good way to end it. Why not? See, differences in viewpoint, you know? <laughs> um, if you have questions, which we know you do, go ahead and email us. MediocreConversations at gmail.com, spelled correctly. And may the force be with you.